heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Hey, man. D, what's going on? Just making my way. In the world today? You know what I mean? That's right. Is it taking everything you got? <laughs> I was trying to remember the next one. This is the second song. Cheers yes. reference this week. We don't have enough. We're going we for the record. More Ted dancing, that's what I say. <laughs> More Ted. Friday Night Lights getting pulled off of Netflix. Do you hear about this? Oh, man. Just continues to get just beat up. Binge. Binge while you can. Well, I think they're bringing it back is why. NBC. What? I think NBC is considering no. running it back. Are you serious? I've not heard this. You're breaking news in my face. I don't think it's confirmed. I can't believe that. I don't think it's like super confirmed, but this is one one more. This is like the classic jerseys. This is one more sign. Friday Night Lights is coming back. Right. Well, it's, that's if I, I mean, if it means more Saracen in so my life, ways. give me more seven. That's all I. That's all I ask. I was not a Tim Riggins guy. I was a Saracen. I cheered for the underdog. Well, you, I wonder if they'd bring back Riggins. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of. Well, I think it, so. He, he has his farm. He I, I don't farm, think he would come way. back. Uh, uh, what's his name? Kitchens, Hitchens, uh, Taylor, something Taylor or other. Kitch. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he said he, he doesn't can. really want to come back because they kind of ended it the way he wanted to end it. Texas forever. I mean, coach is coming back. Coach. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like it, he has to, right? Uh, is there a Friday Night Lights without is, Taylor? Is I don't think so. Oh, it's going to be Friday Night Lights, the Buddy Garrity Chronicles. I'm just I'm in. I'm in for that. <laughs> All right, let's do this. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get Locked On Network podcast on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. I'm Doug Branson. We are coming to you on this Thursday morning from the heart of the Queen City, BEA beautiful uptown Charlotte. And I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. I'm here, Doug. It's just me and you. I like this. Kind of do like one, one, uh, one, one, one on one with me and you. Then we have some folks in. Then we have some folks in and out. It's fun. Yeah. This no. This has been a good start to to our season. And uh, yeah, we're gonna have That's those right. panel of Hornets experts kind of rotating in and out. But yeah, occasionally you're just going to get the original team. I think that's good. I think people people like hearing from you and I, you know, occasionally, and they like hearing from the guests. So uh, this has been good. We got a big show too. Cody Zeller preview coming up. He's the latest in our September player previews. Plus, we'll dig in to these BPI rankings that ESPN just put out. Uh, the Hornets have a very 
interesting ranking, and we will mm-hmm. uh, tell you what it is and try to explain, maybe speculate as to why they are where they are in this uh, set of rankings. And uh, I don't know, David, should we talk about we we haven't done much, uh, you know, sort of all NBA talk. We talked a little bit about the Kyrie Irving trade situation a, a few weeks ago, but you and I haven't even right. touched the surface of this Kevin Durant drama. Is that something oh, we should? Oh my God. I don't even know if I I fully have my head wrapped <laughs> around either. it. I was going to say we could dip our toe in there and just see what happens, but I mean this whole. Uh, you know, he's certainly not the only guy with probably two Twitter accounts, right? But it is interesting that he's taken to them to defend himself. Probably not the only guy that does that either. But um, I, yeah, I mean, what, what are your what are you thinking on this? Do you have two two Twitter accounts, one to defend the other? Well, I do have. I mean, I have. You know, I manage the I Locked On Hornets uh, Twitter, and I also have my own right. Twitter, which I'm right. not very active on. But I do have a rule, David, and and this rule gets tested every now and then. But I have a rule that, like, if I tweet something on my personal account, I, I rarely would retweet unless it was Hornets related. But if I'm just posting like mm-hmm. a, a funny quip about you know Twin Peaks. I'm not going to like it or retweet it <laughs> from the Locked On Hornets account because I just feel like that's sort of that's sort of um, oh from your own from your own you mean right no no I like I wouldn't like my yeah, yeah, my yeah. personal post from the Locked On Hornets account because it, because I think gotcha. most people know that I manage the account so like I it, it would just feel like sort of uh, Twitter self pleasure if you know what I mean we probably should have dug into the yeah. I don't think it, I think it's pretty clear what I mean. Twitter self. <laughs> I Twitter myself. Yeah, I don't Twitter myself. <laughs> well, so so KD, I think if you listen to any of those like Bill Simmons podcast, too, we, hold on, hold on, before me, you before hold on before you go any further, let's let's yeah. back up and just say, okay, this is what happened. Um, there yeah. were some people criticizing Kevin Durant on Twitter, and then Kevin Durant's actual Twitter account uh, replied to these tweets. But they replied in a way that would suggest that Kevin Durant had a secret, like burner Twitter account that was meant to right. defend himself because he he referenced himself in the third person, which is something he doesn't normally do online. Uh, so a lot of people speculated: Does you know Kevin Durant have a burner Twitter? Now KD has apologized for the remarks, but he really hasn't confirmed that he does in fact have you know. Uh, I love KD fan club, you know, at I love KD fan club or anything, uh, you know, that, that kind of burner Twitter deal. Uh, okay. So, right. so now we've got that out of the way. We've explained it for anyone who uh, hasn't been paying attention. Go ahead. Well, uh, well, so the, the thing that I was saying was he kind of shined some light on his personality, at least to me and some of those Bill Simmons interviews. And like, he's had a pretty crazy, what, 18 months or so, you know, since leaving Oklahoma City and going to the Warriors. And he had to know there would be some backlash. And I guess everyone just reacts to it differently. But he clearly is affected by some of it. You know, he's clearly affected by people taking shots at him. And if you look at the shoes he just put out, like the, um, you know, there's like stuff written on the on the, on the the insoles, uh, bandwagon and all these things. Yeah, critiques, uh, essentially. Out, like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's stepping um, on, he's it, stepping it, it on the haters. Stepping on the haters, man. And it's, uh, it's interesting to, you know, because he's really good at basketball. 
we talked about like Dwight Howard yesterday and you know how he was trying to find some inner peace and um it's not happening. Not that's that, I think that's the storyline yeah. from this offseason because he criticized Steph yeah. Curry's uh main advertiser Under Armour. You had Under this Armour. burner Twitter yeah. situation, you had the stepping on the hater. Like it's clear that Kevin Durant is not in a place where he's just like okay with with the world. And he clearly can't, you know, sort of ignore the online criticism. And, you know, I think honestly, David, I think it's unfair what we ask some of these athletes to sort of endure in terms of, it's hard, you know, when, when the, when our show gets criticized, when we, you know, back on the, back in the draft, uh, when we did that mock draft and we traded away the pick and uh, a couple of, uh, a couple of people on Reddit didn't really like that. I mean, it's it's difficult to to not immediately go to not immediately argue with that, you know. So so it's interesting oh, what we ask these athletes to sort of put themselves through in terms of criticism. But at the same time, uh, we we know just from this Dwight Howard profile that off the court stuff like this can leak into on court performance from the entire team. So that's my question: Does it matter with? Kevin Durant and the Warriors. I mean, have they become so good, so good that yeah, they can endure like, literally any? It's the it's the Donald Trump scenario. Like Kevin Durant could go into Times Square and murder someone, and the Warriors would still win an NBA championship. That's the question yeah, you're ask, asking, this, right? And they tried to take some of this on themselves last year, right? They would talk about how. Uh, you know, they were in the bubble and everyone wanted to see them fail, which is clearly not true. Um, but, you know, they were trying to defend themselves and kind of kind of forge as a team, you know, against uh, against outside influences. But, you know, with this whole offseason, it will be interesting. But like, yeah, are they does it matter? I mean, once they get on the court and start bombing people with threes, you know, uh, winning solves a lot. Right. You know what I mean? So. I don't think it's going to affect any rankings or predictions for that team this season because KD had a, a bit of a bumpy offseason, personally. Totally agree. Uh, all right, let's move on to the latest in our series of player previews. This one is Cody Zeller, and Cody Zeller might be one of the most paradoxical players on the roster. He exists as both one of, if not the most important players on last year's roster, and yet. It seemed like David moving him to the bench after acquiring Dwight Howard was an instant decision and inevitability. So he he sort of exists as both indispensable and dispensable. He is he is Schrodinger's you know basketball player essentially Schrodinger's center. Uh, we've we've said this stat over and over, David. Last season the Hornets were three and seventeen without Cody Zeller, who dealt with multiple injuries last season. What made him? so valuable to that Hornets roster? Well, I mean, I think one of the, the, the deep stats that sticks out is his ability to like the, the screening, um, his ability to free guys up and his ability to kind of work with the ball screener. Like you look at some of the, it's weird to call these highlights because you have to kind of dig deep <laughs> to, to see him, but it's like his on the ball screens with, with uh, Kimball Walker and, and Nick Batum and, and other players, how he uses that, how he uses his body. Like a lot of his basketball smarts, which is something we talk a lot about with this roster and the guys they put on it, um, the way he's able to affect those plays, right? The way he's able to help the um, the ball handler, whether it's Kemba or Nick or whomever, uh, get freed up, 
and, and reposition himself so that they have a better chance to score um, is one of the things that I enjoy watching about him. And what I think some people have come to appreciate about him is those little things. Um, certainly, he's he's really athletic too. I mean, obviously, if you watch him, but I think it's it's more than little things because you look at his stat line. You know, it doesn't blow you away. Um, it's not 20 points a game. I think it was last year the first year I did have this up. Uh, Double-digit scoring. average and it doubled for Yeah, exactly. So just over 10 points a game. I last like you. The first time. Yeah. So it, it is It is the scoring. It was the efficiency by which he did that. I think early on in the season he was like the league leader in uh, field goal percentage, but I don't even think he had enough attempts at one point to be ranked up there among the leaders. Um, so it, it's a lot of those little things. I think he's going to be a, I, with, you know, the basketball nerds community, right? Because it, it, he's, he's a guy that doesn't immediately jump out at you, but three and 17, Doug, it's hard to argue that he would not have helped them, you know, make the playoffs if he'd have been healthy that whole time. I, I think that, I mean, some people don't, do you subscribe to that, that they would have likely made the playoffs had he played those, those 20 games? Well, yes, I think so, because part of the reason he was so valuable to that Hornets team last season is that uh, they really didn't have anyone behind him who was also able to Mm -hmm. give a team that really kind of lacked a lot of two-way play, you know, players that could play on both Mm -hmm. ends of the floor. Uh, You know, that's what Cody Zeller gave them. And you're right. He did a lot of the little things. He was a huge part of any Hornets offensive success they had on that starting lineup, and that starting lineup ranked uh, that fourth among NBA five-man lineups in the league. Uh, only like Washington, yep. Golden State. There was one more that I'm missing. See if I just for accuracy's sake. So it was Golden State, Washington, the Clippers, the Chris Paul, Redick, Mbamute, Griffin, Jordan, and then the Hornets in fourth at plus ninety-three in net points. So that starting lineup was awesome, and without that, plus depth issues. Uh, the Hornets were in trouble when he was off the floor. But I want to quote my friend uh, Nick Sharia, uh, smartbasketballguy.com, uh, for those of you who want to check out his work. And, and he truly is a smart basketball guy. You can check out his thread on Twitter for video analysis. I'll post a link in the show notes. Um, but Steve Clifford was a huge fan of getting Cody Zeller involved in direct handoff situations. And DHO is a significant part of how the Hornets moved the basketball. And Zeller was involved in a lot of these. He used his great screening ability to get shooters like Kimball Walker and Nick Batum free off the pick and roll while sending his galloping body downhill towards the basket on the roll. These were complex plays with multiple actions, something that requires, one, high basketball IQ, but also, two, precise timing. Like These are things that not all NBA centers are versed in, Cody Zeller was, it's something you have to do. These these complex plays, these direct handoffs, these multiple actions, it's something that teams like the Hornets have to do because they don't have a superstar. They Especially last season, they did not have, they didn't even have Al Jefferson as, as somebody that you could just throw the ball to and say, go make me a play. So Cody right. Zeller was pivotal in that. And then when you replaced him with, with the, the lack of depth that they had at the center position, things started to fall apart. So, David, the question then becomes, after saying all of that, why did Dwight Howard immediately take the starting position from Cody Zeller? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that goes back to Clifford and their relationship, but also I think Clifford sees it's more about Dwight Howard. Um, Well, let me back up on that. I think it's more about um, 
perhaps, you know, the reaction that uh, Howard would give versus what Cody would give, I think, you know, asking him to play. So there's a lot of things going into it. I mean, let's just say I think Cody is going to handle it better coming off the bench than Dwight Howard would. Um, I think Howard still provides a level of defense so that starting unit can really take advantage of. And I'm sure Clifford likes that as well. And, you know, um, I, I just, I get, the, I don't, I don't get the feeling that Howard was brought in here to be uh, come off the bench just yet, just at least to start. But we've talked about this a lot, Doug. Like I think the minutes are going to be uh, pretty close. I mean, and it's going to help both of them who have both those guys have had injuries and, and issues in the past. So I think if they can uh, limit the minutes by splitting up between the two of them, it can be beneficial for them and the team. Yeah, part of it certainly is personality, David. I, th- I think you're you're dead on with that. But I think also uh, Cody Zeller's skill set, I think, will translate with the second unit. You, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think if it were if it were that yeah. question, if you thought, well, I don't know if Cody Zeller is really going to. If, if his skill set is really going to benefit that second unit, but he's going to still get to play with Nick Batum. Uh, he's still going to set great screens and open up offense, and that will be great for the Hornets, who really struggled, especially in the beginning of fourth quarters last year, maintaining offensive efficiency, and you know, and which allowed teams to come back and set up so many of those fourth mm-hmm. quarter losses. So if Cody Zeller can provide them with that, then all of a sudden – you know, th- this team uh, can be really dangerous because th- the NBA is all about mismatches. And and I think Cody Zeller versus another team's second big is going to be a mismatch because he was a mismatch often because of his speed and athleticism for his size. He was often a mismatch for, uh, you know, bigger, slower uh, uh, first bigs for teams. So you put him against yeah. some, some inexperienced centers and suddenly, you're going to start causing problems if if both uh, Dwight Howard and Cody Zeller uh, can maintain health. Um, so I yeah. guess uh, the next question would be, what will Cody Zeller's role be this season? What do you see as his role on this team? I mean, it's going to be mixed, I think, because you mentioned he's going to be at least starting off at that second unit, but he's certainly still going to get time with the starters, uh, I think. I mean, they were too good last year, and the depth was too big of an issue for him not to see some time in that role as well. So, I mean, but having him off the bench, on the, I mean, think about that. It's just such a big difference for this team, having that depth in there, you know? I mean, um, so I think he's going to be involved a lot. <laughs> he's a key He's a key on this on his team, Doug, and, and he's still pretty young. And he gives them, um, you know, that bounce in the post that obviously they didn't have on the second unit. Um, and, and he was the, really the only guy that could go above the rim. Um, so having him out there and uh, in, in more of a depth role, I think, is going to be big for them. Um, and did we mention the screen assist, Doug? What a great stat. I mean, third on the league and screen assist from Cody Zeller. Did you mention that? Did, did, I, did I block that out? No, we mentioned it in yesterday's show, and we've mentioned it many times because go. it's it's definitely a huge part of what he does in those direct handoff plays and traditional high pick-and-roll plays. Uh, he's a big body, and and he's disciplined with his screens, and he... Uh, you know, knows and he can quickly he can quickly change direction on those screens, and and that's yeah. deadly when you have a play when you pair him with Kimball Walker who can quickly maneuver off of those screens and lose guys easily and then pull up quick with with guys on his hip. Uh, it, you know, he provided some dangerous combinations, and I think you're right. I think he will 
just by virtue of history. Uh, history indicates that Cody Zeller will see some time with the starting unit at some point. He can't quit sure. the starting unit. He's like the basketball <laughs> version of uh, Silicon Valley on HBO. It's just sort of a constant he, cycle of reaching the highest <laughs> highs. And then, you know, and I don't think you can feel bad for Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller certainly doesn't feel bad for himself. He's he's often said, like, look, you know, I'm living my dream and, and making a lot of money, and so uh, yeah. whatever. Um, he's already but, said he, he's making more money than he could ever spend. And um, But, you know, playing with that second unit, playing with those secondary, not secondary ball handlers, but in, in the rotation, right, like especially rookies with Malik Monk and, you know, guys that aren't experienced in the backup point guard role, I mean, that's going to help them too, um, playing with a guy that can set screens like that uh, as opposed to, you know, someone else who may normally be in that role. Yeah, I mean, if he can stay healthy, then the Hornets now all of a sudden I think have one of the best – I think they have the best uh, center rotation uh, in the league. I mean, unless you, you know, sort of count count the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, having both DeMarcus Cousins and <laughs> – but in terms Very of good. just one, two guys coming off the bench, I think – you know Dwight yep. Howard, Cody Zeller. That's going. That's going to hurt because I mean, last season they they would run Cody Zeller off the three point line from the corner, and, and he would catch the ball in stride and get downhill into the basket. Like centers, they just don't do that, you know. And and he has limitations. Like he he doesn't have a shot. Uh, you know, if that were to suddenly develop this season, then that that changes the game even more. But even if it doesn't. He's right. been able to use his speed, smarts, and athleticism uh, to create havoc on the offensive end. So Cody Zeller and, is and, running and things. One last thing we haven't talked about: how about his ability to get under the skin of a player. Oh my player. gosh! I know. Guys, well, he got Dwight Howard ejected well, last season. Cody again, like a man child. I know. I mean, I think Howard and Whiteside are the two main guys we think of, and uh, practice should be interesting, I guess. But Howard, um, <laughs> you know, that'll be one less guy he can kind of irritate but that's i mean he does do that i mean you know we've seen that now he's that is a, one of his assets i think his ability to just stay with it i don't think he does it necessarily in a he doesn't do it in a dirty way he's just he's just he's just not gonna stop well i mean we all remember cody zeller getting tossed around like a rag doll early in his career and and sort of getting that welcome to the nba treatment from a lot of guys that were bigger than him and then all of a sudden you know, he he transitioned to becoming a center, put on a lot of weight. And, and you know, maybe if he wants to admit it or not, I think yeah. there is a little bit of a sense of like, okay, now, now what? Like, I, I'm going to go throw my body around and, and, and be physical. And, and because he has to, because if not, you know, yeah. uh, uh, he has to, he's one of these players. I think that, that Clifford all, uh, commented on a lot last season that has to, they're not naturally physical. They they've got to sort of get up for every game and 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 go out and and make some more contact a, with people, whereas Dwight yeah, Howard is just sort of naturally type. physical. Yeah, more running gazelle type, the Zeller brothers. So uh, last question for you: No three point added this year. That's no, how we're going to put no, that to bed. Forever. I don't think so. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can give yeah. that some more milk. I think that's that's ready. <laughs> that's ready for bed. Just put on some soft music. More. Sound more machine. threes, Dwight Howard, or more threes attempts at Howard or, uh, or or Cody this year. Howard. I think Howard drops yeah, a couple. <laughs> not oh not a God. lot. I don't think Howard goes out there. And I, I think we're overblowing his like practice threes, but I think he I think yeah. he drops a I think he drops a couple. He'll be wide open. He he won't be able to resist it. You know. 
Um, okay, so ESPN just released uh, Basketball Power Index Rankings, uh, BPI for short. What is BPI? It's a rating developed by ESPN's analytics department that works to predict how many points on offense and defense teams will be in the upcoming season. It takes into account things like strength of schedule, pace, days of rest, game location, and preseason expectations. So those are some things that aren't often, you know, factored into some of these ratings and rankings. Uh, So it always makes for interesting content. The Hornets, David, are you ready for this? They have an offensive rating of zero and a defensive Mm -hmm. rating of zero for an overall rating of zero. Perfectly zero meaning average. Zero meaning not they're they're zero, they're not one point above or below what you would expect, I guess the expected output. I love it. I mean, what does this mean? What does it mean that they are zero? It means they they finally achieved it, Doug. All these uh, you know season <laughs> predictions we see every year, they finally achieve absolute perfect balance. No one knows <laughs> they are completely average. Uh, the over under in Vegas should be right at forty one. Um, you yeah, know, it almost was. I think. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is quite the. You think they'll get a banner? Should they do a banner? <laughs> Or some sort we're of number zero. We're number zero. We're, uh, we're absolutely even. So this ranks them 17th overall in the NBA, 8th in the Eastern Conference. So they are just on the cusp of the Eastern Conference playoffs, according to this BPI ranking. Uh, but, you know, Philadelphia is, uh, would be, let's see, two spots above them in the East, three spots overall. They're, you know, Philadelphia is ranked negative 1.3 on offense and 1.6 on defense. So giving a lot of credit there to what uh, Brett Brown can do with that defense. I think we're kind of, yeah. that's one of those teams I think that, that could, you know, th- that ranking may not necessarily reflect, uh, you know, what exactly the reality is on that team. Uh, the Hornets now, uh, to be fair to this ranking, the Hornets did finish 14th in both offensive and defensive rating last season. So they were, right. you know, last season they were, according to offensive and defensive rating, average. Man, this is uh, this is something to behold. A couple other surprises on there. Minnesota pretty high on this ranking, coming in at seven. Doug, um, trying to look at some of the other Eastern conferences. Yeah, two point nine on yeah, offense, negative point one on defense. I think they're gonna. I think they may. Yeah. I mean, that's again. I think there's some credit being given to Tom Thibodeau. You know, not being able to turn around the defense in year one, and 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 adding Jimmy Butler yeah. obviously is going to help that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Heat right up there with the Sixers as well, a couple one uh, two spots above the Hornets. So some some other teams and the Pistons, uh, the, 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 the what three spots below the Hornets. So Clifford Clifford talks about balance, even. wanting balance on both sides of the ball, and this is definitely balanced. It also comes on the heels of StatMuse rating Cody Zeller as one of the most average centers last season and giving. Frank Kaminsky, the honor of most statistically average player in the NBA. <laughs> so the Hornets, I think, Congrats, I, I think we're, we're kind of, we're, we're tongue in cheek here a little bit, but I think yeah. that the Hornets and Hornets fans 
have to be hoping that some of the additions like Malik Monk and Dwight Howard will be the keys to unlocking above average ratings on both ends of the floor. So Dwight Howard helping to raise that zero to a one or a two and Malik Monk and his ability uh, to to knock down shots from anywhere on the floor, helping them to raise that offensive rating above zero as well, David. Yeah. They're the keys. Um, exactly. They're the keys to the car. They're the keys. They can unlock they can unlock the the, the code, the source code for this team. Yeah. Um <laughs> you know. These uh these Well being average be good here. enough, David. Well Z if they finish the season it would be. with this rating, That's would it be thing, good right? enough to make the playoffs and win a first round series? Is being average good enough? I think to win the uh, to get in the playoffs, yeah, right. I mean to win a playoff series now. No, I don't think so. I think you've got – they have to – I go back to Malik Monk and Dwight Howard have to pop. Uh, You know, Marvin Williams, Frank Kaminsky, guys that had great second halves of the season have to continue that trend. Players – and they have to get better from game one to game 82. You have to see some significant bumps in the second half of that season when the schedule is going to get a little easier for the Hornets. I think they they definitely will have to play above average to make some noise. Don't you think they were pretty average last year? Like when you look at the team and when you look at the players and what they did, maybe they were before, maybe a little step down, but like, if right. And that made them time, susceptible to, to going back to the beginning of this show that made them susceptible to Cody Zeller's injury. They did. They didn't right. have another player yeah. that, that, you know, other than Kimball Walker that could step up and say, okay, on this night, I've, I, I've got enough offensively or defensively to carry the team. That made them yeah, susceptible to exactly. the one injury. So they've added depth. That's going to help a lot. It's going to be exciting. And you've got uh, we've got media day coming up on Monday, and then they begin training camp. And then September 30th, got to mention this, open practice. So get the kiddos, take them out to Spectrum Center. You get to see uh, the players do a little scrimmage. And then they invite, I think they invite some uh, kids on the court to play games with the players. It was, uh, you know, if it was anything like last year, it was a great time for everyone involved. I had a uh, a friend ask me if it was a cool event to bring a six or seven year old to. Absolutely, I mean that's that's sort of yeah. what that event is tailored to. Also, I think David, it's going to be the first chance to get your hands on some of that uh, sweet yeah. Jordan Brand gear. Yeah, this uh, friend of the show, Pete Well, he's been tweeting out some pictures of guys in uniforms and some oh of the new gosh, gear no. coming you can, out. You won't be able to get the classic uniforms until November, but everything no. else looks like it's going to be fair game. But yeah, these pictures of Malik Monk, who looks exactly like he does in NBA 2K, like it's uncanny. NBA 2K did such a great job, or Malik Monk just looks like a video game. Um, Kimba, <laughs> but yeah, Kimba Walker in the classic jersey, Dwight Howard in the classic jersey. It's just, it's... It's, I don't think it's fully sinking in yet that the season's almost here, but it's getting pretty close. Yeah, it's, it's right around the corner for sure. Okay, that's all the time we have for this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks so much for listening. We've got one more show this week, and we will be profiling... Oh, man, I should know this. Anyway, it'll be a surprise to both of us. <laughs> uh, but it's we're going to be profiling. Tomorrow, I think it's Michael Carter-Williams. If it's not, I'll check the planning, and if it's not, it will be. Michael Carter-Williams uh, tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnHornet. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five-star review. Or if you're on Overcast, 
give this episode a star. It helps us climb the rankings. It helps Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast and get those questions and thoughts in to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. We're back again tomorrow. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for eight dollars with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are ten for ten dollars with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is twenty cents per gallon and one dollar per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to twenty-five gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com.